Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! aka Ray Cash with my partner in crime. I guess that goes with the theme, right? Uh my boy Carl aka King Curvin. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um here we are, episode two, running together here. No more no more bathtub. He's doing his own thing. Um man, he's a turncoat. That's fine. But no! uh, shout shout no. out shout out to Caleb. Uh, but yeah, man, just ready to get on it. Another big week of wrestling. Lots so, to talk about. So before we move on, I want to get this out the way. Our good friends across the pond, Ricky and Clive, have three <laughs> have three uh, questions, if you will, for us. One specifically from Ricky to you. Okay. One from Ricky to me. Okay, yes. Ricky, what you got? Let's hear it. But the the first one is from is from Clive, aka Brian. And he wants to know who wants to walk with Elias. Who wants to walk with Elias? This is a real question. Yes, it's I'm, a real. I, I'm in the in the video. I'm showing you. Yeah. Okay, I believe it. Um, I've been walking with Elias. I mean, I like that dude's amazing. He called Renee Rachel. He pulled the Jericho last Monday, and I laughed my ass off. That, yeah, it was so, funny. He's outstanding. I have I have I have an actual answer for that. Who wants to walk with Elias? Yeah. People who like to walk. People who like to walk. So anyone who walks will walk with Elias. Technically, right? I'm well. Walk now. Okay. I, as I said <laughs> that, I imagine like those like those middle aged white ladies that do that super pump, uh, power, power walk. walk type stuff. Do the mall. Yeah, <laughs> they do it through like the perimeter of the mall. That, that's what they do, at least at our mall. I don't know about yours, but uh, well, you know, I live in a big city, so that don't happen. Second question. That's this fair. is this is a real question. This is a real question for us. Yes, for for both of us. Okay. For you both again, and this is from Ricky. This is his real question. For you both, what NXT call up or wrestler who moved brands are you most excited to see? What they do. So what and we're going to NXT... talk about checkup today, so I guess it's relevant. But yeah, right. But what NXT guy that got moved up, or person who got moved in the shakeup? Okay. Uh, you want to go answer that first? Me? Okay. Yeah. So it's a two-part answer, um, only because I want to shout out a guy. I want to shout out Andrade Cianomas because I'm more excited for him than anybody. Right, but to answer the question, it's it's undoubtedly Drew McIntyre, because of everything I've watched, of both shows, the one thing that left me the most shocked was seeing Drew get called up with Dolph out of nowhere. And right, I think the intrigue of of that, and and again, uh, Dolph is a, Dolph, Dolph is a, of course a great in ring wrestler. He can talk. He is uh, 
probably the least most least consistent guy in terms of wins and losses and pushes and non-starts and stops and whatnot. But to see those two together, what they could be doing, everybody assumes that it's the Shawn Michaels Diesel situation. What if Drew is actually the guy in charge? Or what if they're equals? Or, like, we don't know. And right. uh, to kind of see Drew in a situation where he has to prove himself. I like the way Triple H said it in his tweet, you know, when Triple H has to shake everybody's hand and take pretty pictures and stuff, right? Yeah. And in the tweet, he said something to the order of, uh, he he's back with a vengeance, but he doesn't want to be chosen this time. This time he's taking it he's taking it on his own. It was something real, real cool, clever, cleverly alluding to him being the chosen one before and now him having to come back and do it on his own type deal. So yeah, right. I think Drew would be the guy I would say, because that's the only segment that in the Joe segment, of course was surprising, but the only one that left me like, Oh my God, was the Drew segment. Right. So I'm really curious to see what they do. Okay. Um, see, I, for me, it's, it's, Andrade seeing Almas also, but mostly because he's bringing Zelina with him. Right. And I say that, I, and the reason why I say that is because Andrade by himself is really talented. Yeah. But that that's what he would be there for, to be a talented guy who can wrestle people. Because everybody right. on that SmackDown roster against Andrade is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. But the added element of Zelina makes you wonder what they can do with him, almost not instantly, but like what they can do with him quickly sure like i don't think he's coming there to just be a guy to wrestle he's coming there to, to be a player that's like I, I think if they had not brought zelina with him he's just a guy that's there to be there but by bringing zelina i think he's gonna be a player not immediately but yeah. pretty quick you know what i'm saying you know i absolutely understand what you're saying and they're they're they have become a package akin to not on the same level as but akin to Heyman and Brock you can't see one without the other right um you know and I I think that's awesome Zelina is has is, is so awesome at her job and uh, we we know Andrade has been and has the capacity to be one of the best wrestlers in the company but yeah with the uh the entire package with him not having to worry about talking and just kind of you know being playboy slash angry Andrade, it's it works perfect. So I'm well, and the cool thing is Zelina can wrestle. So yes, she wrestled the first match have... officially last night on NXT. Yeah, yeah, against Candice LeRae. So you you've got like I mean, you've got two talents in one, and of course we've seen what Zelina can do when she's out there, you know, trying to help out. causing distractions and yeah. stuff like that. So I, I really think you know, I'm super pumped for him, like because that dude is just. Together, they are something. I mean, really something. Like that's. But I feel like that is a special call up. Like I, I have a feel. If, if anyone's gonna have, I think they're gonna have the most success. Not our, not initially. Not initially. Of the NXT. But I think overall. Right. Not initially. But I think overall, in the long term, I think they'll have the most success. I would have to disagree with that because Ember is tailor made to dominate. Yeah, maybe. I think. I, I long long term though. I I don't know, man, because the, the, they've had they've shown inconsistencies with that women's division at times, just like in how they book it and slopping together six man tags and shit like that. A lot of times, I always have to see. I mean, there's a lot. The whole group they called up outside of No Way Jose has the potential to like really do a lot. Don't disrespect 
No Way Jose. <laughs> I love No Way Jose. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> but he's about to get his ass whooped by Jinder on Monday. So <laughs> and everybody's going to be crying their tears about that, I'm sure. That he, he, w- he will be getting his ass whooped. I, I agree with that. So last question. Yeah. And uh, I kind of gave you a heads up. But this is a... Bullshit. Yes, I apologize. I am the conduit. I am the messenger. Please don't attack me. This is from Clive, right? From This is from Ricky. And oh, Ricky, for, okay. And for Carl only, what do the numbers 4133 represent? 4133? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Did it hit you? <laughs> the eagle. Hey, yeah, yeah. The, the the Eagles' first ever Super Bowl. Congratulations! <laughs> it only took sixty years of your existence. Great job. For those of you listening, uh, who don't know, Carl is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, and Ricky, even though he yes, is I am. born and raised in Scotland, is a big mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. So yeah, it sounds like it sounds like he loves freedom. So whenever he's ready to come on over to America. Um, you know, and learn that over here, America's team isn't actually the Eagles. It's actually the Patriots. Uh, oh, we'll be... oh, is it? Is yeah. It? Okay. And then, you know. I, didn't, <clears throat> I, I, I missed that part. I didn't yeah, know well, that that was the case. I'm okay. taking it away from the Cowboys for a while, so. Well, no, it's been taken away from the Cowboys. You kind of have to win a couple of playoff games in like <laughs> 25 years, but, you know. That's your damn mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> So um, what we want to talk about today, but you know, we try to be different and not just kind of give you the, your run-in-the-mill stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but that's just not who we are. So I kind of wanted to, we're going to talk about the Superstar Shake-Up, but I, I kind of wanted to kind of put a bow on everything and talk about themed shows. Uh, you know, a lot of fans have issues with stuff like that. For example, like the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, they have an issue with. Oh, but now you have to book your whole year around a Hell in a Cell instead of just using it when it ma- stuff like that, right? Or TLC or Extreme Rules or even if you want to be really meta about it, the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series are themed pay-per-views, right? Yeah, sure. Um, so first and foremost, or you can even get to go to a smaller extent and talk about like Raw 25 or mm, yeah. uh, or you know the draft episodes, stuff like that. So first and foremost, before we get any deeper into that, what is your thoughts on what is your thought on you know themed themed wrestling shows in general? Because because it, it you can it doesn't have to be extended to just WWE. Joey Janela, Joey Janela's Spring Break, GCW Bloodsport, yeah, Kaiju Big Battle, like those are themed right. shows. So um, what do you think? I mean, I'm I, I guess I'm not one way or the other about it. I mean, I don't get like I will say this like. I don't think the argument that you have to work your booking around one theme show is that's, that's hogwash to me. Poppycock, just Poppy a bunch God. of crap. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, think about the hell in a cell pay-per-view. The first one was, don't, they didn't just, don't do that. They didn't just, well, I mean, they didn't just bring that back last year. That's been around. Oh God. Not and they search. Okay. Well, the, the thing is though, they've used, you don't even really have to search cause they've used it. At other pay-per-views, they sure. used Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania with Shane and Undertaker. Yeah. They've used it. They used it Hell in a Cell with uh, Triple, Triple H and Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, they use it sparingly. So that, I mean... For the, for the record, the first Hell in Cell pay-per-view was 2009 in Newark, New Jersey. And the, uh, the main event was DX versus Legacy in the Tornado Tag. And I think also on that pay-per-view in Hell in a Cell matches were... Uh, Taker and Punk opened up the, the card with the World Heavyweight Championship match. Right. Um, and then Orton and Cena had the, the, their WWE Championship match in the middle of the card. And DX and Legacy ended the show. Okay, so that's kind of like, I mean, so here's another argument I would say, uh, kind of against it. It depends on what they do. Like, mm-hmm. so for instance, um, I don't know if it was last year, or the year before, they had the Hell in a Cell, and they had three Hell in a Cell matches in the same night. Yeah. Charlotte and Sasha, Roman and Rusev, and I can't even remember the other one. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Kevin Owens and Seth. Okay, thank you. Um, that was so the best some... match of the three, honestly. Right. So oh, yeah. sometimes. What they t- can do sometimes is say, all right, well, you get a Hell in a Cell match, you get a Hell in a Cell <laughs> match. You know what I mean? That so whole thing. Oprah. <laughs> and yeah, right. And you and I have talked about this before, and I think even when Caleb was still with us, we were talking about it. Like, sometimes not every match calls for the Cell. You can argue whether it does or doesn't. Sure. You know, but so sometimes you can kind of oversaturate it. Like, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, they've gotten to where now, you know, you in in theory, I guess, because it's a it's they've added a ladder match to it. Mm-hmm. Before they were doing the men's money in the bank, uh, and they had they didn't have separate separate briefcases uh, when they were co when they were brand split. I can't remember they all did the have, They did have separate. Yeah. they did have a red one and a but blue one at one as, point. Yeah, as long as you use use it for its purpose, like the money in the bank has a specific purpose, so you still get regular matches on that card. You don't just get money in the bank matches. So as long as you don't oversaturate it, sure, I'm good with those. Um, one thing I will say, and we're going to talk about the shakeup, and I don't, so I don't want to give away my hand here, uh, is it does, it can lead to making some predictable outcomes at times. Sure. Cert- certain theme shows, not like money in the bank or hell in a cell, but certain ones can lead to some predictable things and not just on that specific show, but going further, you know, into the next pay-per-view or the next whatever. Sure. Uh, so that, that that's usually where my gripes lie with theme shows. I don't have an issue with, like, I mean, a Raw 25 is just a celebration. Like, I get it. It's not for everybody. Like, some people don't want to sit around and watch all these old school guys come in. Like, the whole thing that happened at Raw 25 with DX and Balor Club. and Don't remind Earth people. Fire. They forgot about that. Don't remind Yeah, them. well, I'm glad you reminded them. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> I just like I can see where people will get disappointed in that, but you know they have their place. I don't think they're. It's not like they do it all the time, so you know what I mean. Like, and we get into this whole but thing of we're like, do. What? well, I'm just saying we get into this whole like not we, but a lot of people get into the mindset of like we need like it's got to be my way all the time. And sometimes, and if you go back and look at the ratings, sometimes I bet you like that Raw Twenty Five was probably one of the highest rated shows of the year. So you can get upset about these themed shows as much as you want, but people watch them, and they watch them more than a random Raw in the middle of September. You know what I mean? So let's just you got to consider that sometimes too. You know, like you may not like them, but they're working for somebody. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of something me and you we talk about a lot personally and on the podcast is fans tempering their expectations because 
it's not all about them. You know, they need to, you know, like there's a purpose for things sometimes bigger than we as individual fans or as a group of fans can see. But uh, yeah. let me re- let me let me just I'm gonna read out in in this calendar year from January to December, the number of themed pay-per-views. Okay. Um, and of course, when I say theme, I mean the name of the pay-per-view and the overarching theme of the pay-per-view is built around a particular match, right? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Royal Rumble in January. Elimination Chamber in February. Graves Royal Rumble in a few weeks. Money in the Bank in June. Extreme Rules in July. Hell in the Cell in September. TLC in October. Survivor Series in November. Clash of Champions in December. So uh, and, and Raw 25, which happened in January as well. Well, I'm, t- I'm just, I'm just right now. We can get to the TV in a, in in a minute. I'm talking about just pay per views, because right. that's where most most of the vitriol is coming from. Sure. Because well, yeah, go I'm, ahead. Well, yeah, just uh, just give me a sec. Uh, a lot of fans want to say, well, man, I miss the days of No Mercy, and I miss the days of bat. Like, cool, I get that, but here's the. So let me let me let me run down a, a couple of lists of reasons why number one, it's not that big a deal, and number two, you should be happy there are theme shows. Okay? First and foremost, number one. Y'all complain about creative all day every day, right? So wouldn't it be easier for creative to build around a certain type of match than it would to just do something? That's fair, I guess, yeah. Right? So if you know you have a, a Hell in a Cell to book for October or I'm sorry, what is it now, in September this year? Okay. It would be a lot easier for you to say a couple months out, oh, yeah, we got a Hell in a Cell match. We should probably make a view pretty hot. Right? I would think yeah. so. You know, it's, and of course, I don't hate creative as much as everybody else does, but if you hate them, surely that's something you can see with beyond the realm of, you know, in your realm of understanding, right? Secondly, and this is the one I'm, 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 stap- I'm really stamping on, Y'all wasn't buying the pay-per-views before. As a as a person who I can honestly say, and yes, I was blessed or spoiled or blibbed or both. I bought every pay-per-view when I was when I was younger. I bought the majority of them. My my family bought them for me, and I thank that. And when I got older, I bought them with my own money. But I bought every pay-per-view. I don't believe in the streaming bullshit because, as you said earlier on the call because right now you're wearing a rowdy ronda rousey shirt and i mess with you about that and <laughs> you your response it. was i support what i like same here so i support i bought all the shows so don't i know for a fact that when backlashes were happening in 2009 or 2005 or 2000 whatever y'all wasn't buying them because their buy rates were like 200,000. <laughs> you know yeah, like, really not good, you know, uh, especially when they were single branded. You know, I remember particularly Judgment Day, whatever year it was. I I just I remember the marquee matches on that card. I can't even tell you what the main what the main event was, but Chris Benoit versus Finley. Uh, I want to say Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman, and Bobby Lashley versus uh Booker T, to ho- see who won the King of the Ring. That don't sound like something you'd want to buy, but I bought it because I support what I like. So okay. you weren't buying pay-per-views anyway. 
So now what they're saying is, well, you might not really be interested in the pay-per-view, but there's a Money in the Bank match. You might watch that. Right. Right? Or you might not be into, you know, all the feuds on the card, but there's a Hell in a Cell match. You might buy that. Yeah. And buy rates went up. Now, I'm not talking like they every buy rate got WrestleMania-level buy rates, but buy rates went up. So, and viewership, uh, of course, the network has changed everything to where, you know, $9.99 a month, this, that, and the other. You don't have to really worry about that. But I would venture to say that viewership is up all around from a network standpoint. So, Well, those numbers, those numbers for the network seem to always increase. From year to year. I don't know if they've always increased, but they have peaks and valleys, you know, but the retaining, it's not so much for them, like, oh, as far as the network goes, it's not so much as how many people watch it. It's how many people they can retain yes. as paying customers. And so a lot of times, you know, from what I've always kind of learned, they seem to be doing pretty well and keeping retained memberships. They're doing great. Over the course of time. You know, the yeah. trend has been upward. Eventually it'll probably peak at some point, but they continue to kind of like it's it's an up it's a it's a it's a it'll be like a rise and a drop and then that drop will jump up to a higher rise than before and then dro- and they just kind of go like that. But it's never really you know? a, a a a full on drop. No, not a drop. Uh, it's, just, because... it's just the people that don't retain their membership. Like it, they might go from like one point four and then WrestleMania happens and say yeah. for WrestleMania they get like two point eight, right? But they already had 1.4, and just say they get 2.8. Well, then all of a sudden, the people who watch Mania are like, eh, and it drops down to like 1.7. But it's still higher than that 1.4 they had before. Your numbers so they're are still a bit re- dramatic, but yes. Yeah, they're they are. I'm just I'm just they're just sure. for like argument's sake. But they just they 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 always climb. Yes, I, I give you saying because yeah. the, the retainers always climb. But and, yeah, I mean that's on um, that's and that um, that climb that peak and valley is on purpose because of the no commitment 9.99 a month. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first month free type deal. So of course that was gonna that was gonna be expected. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so to kind of, I want to piggyback off your first point because I can't really speak on your second one because I'm guilty of streaming pay per views. I mean that's you know, it, for those who haven't, more power to you. That's awesome. I'm glad that you guys haven't done that. Um, I mean. I hope it's nice up there in your ivory tower. I'm just kidding. Oh, where? <laughs> but okay. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It is. It's uh, very comfortable, by the way. I, I bet it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, so I have streamed pay-per-views before, but I also have bought them. So, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, I wasn't ever a hardcore streamer. Like, if there was something I just really wanted to watch, I'm more likely to, like, go to a friend's house and maybe pitch in and buy the, buy the show. That's more sure, my sure. mo. But I have streamed before, so I'm not going to jump that. I probably have two of them on it. I just can't remember. Sure, and that's fine, but um, I'm going to jump on your first point. Like, people like, you miss No Mercy or, like, whatever. First of all, I prefer what they do now as opposed to some of the stuff they did before. Like, the In Your Houses, right? Like, those were... Oh, oh. This Tuesday uh, in Texas. Yeah, like, good... <laughs> Capital what card. Is, what is it? Good friends, better enemies or something, or, like, beware of dog or, like... Insurrection. Like <laughs> the in your house names were so bad. Yeah. Like if you imagine, like if you wanted to, okay, let's say about this, let's say, um, and this, I could be wrong about this, but just for argument's sake, let's say like you and I like had a friend that never watched wrestling. Okay. Right. And we wanted to watch a wrestling show and it can't be WrestleMania. Okay. It's gotta be something else. It's got, it can't be like one of the four staples. It's gotta be Regular one of these kind of themed, whatever. 
Do we want? Are we gonna say, "Hey, man, you want to come over to the house and watch In Your House? Beware of Dog tonight." <laughs> what do you think your response is gonna be to that? Or you could say, "Hey, man, tonight WWE's putting on a pay per view. It's hell in a cell. Like a bunch of matches are gonna be like in a steel cage. You know what I mean? Like there's a selling point, maybe, <laughs> as opposed to like Beware of Dog yeah. or something. Like that. That's yeah. just my thought. Like no, the name's right. so bad. Uh, right. That when you're trying to sell this stuff, they're branding. They're branding their shit. And that's, you know, that's the way, that's what's worked for them in the past. And, you know, with branding certain shows like they did with the Royal Rumble. That's a brand. WrestleMania is a brand. You know what I mean? Like, those themed ideas, believe it or not, people love themed shit. Yes. That's why people go to Mardi Gras every year, right? That is a themed thing that happens in Louisiana. Or a St. Patrick's Day Parade, right? Like that, I mean... These are Macy's Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, these are all, it's theme shit. People watch that crap. So, like, you know, I mean, overall, like, for us that aren't, like, we're in our own little bubble in in the rest of the world, you know? So, like, it's easy to criticize in that bubble. And I get that, and that's fine. And I'm not trying to shit on anybody who criticizes. But sometimes you do kind of have to look outside that bubble because there's a lot of casual people that watch shit and and what's gonna catch their eye more, Hell in a Cell or Beware of Dog? I'm just saying, like it was just you know. I think even No really, Mercy is a terrible name. Like I think I mean, you're really over. I really, you're, I think you're really underestimating the merits of Beware of Dog. I think <laughs> I no, might be. And you know I'll what? Play. That card. I don't know. I don't remember the card. I'm sure it was a great card. But no, it was, I think it. I don't think it was good. And no, I, well, I'll tell you this. I'd much rather have No Mercy and Backlash. When Backlash is back, of course, but No Mercy and what over the limit or what are some some of those other shows than sin or greed or hold yeah. up hold up hold up the best one mayhem yeah those old wcw pay-per-views that i oh. also bought too yeah yeah terrible so i mean you just got to think of it like in terms of the, the theme show idea you just got to think of it as like it's a way to market themselves and unfortunately not unfortunately but they know what they're doing because those theme shows, not necessarily the pay-per-views, but like going to the TV side, tend to get more viewers than a regular random episode. So let me let me stick up for the other side real quick before I decimate them again because I'm gonna kill them again. But um, <laughs> it because I just I just think this is a really I don't want to call it stupid because it's not fair because everybody's opinions matter, but a really superfluous argument. Okay. Right. But um. You don't hear a lot of complaints about the. You never heard a complaint about the Royal Rumble pay per view because that's canon, right? Or Survivor Series because yeah. that's canon. That's been around twenty plus years. But yeah. for the newer ones, there's not a lot of complaints about TLC because because that pay per view hits every year and same with Money in the Bank, right? Well, that of, and like and like TLC was made famous by Edge and Christian and those guys. So that kind of like when they decided to transfer that into its own pay per view. They're like, oh yeah, we we there's an expectation, kind of, of what it was when those three tag teams had their. But that's history. that's not fair because we look at we look at Hell in a Cell with the same fervor. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, but but I I guess what I'm what I'm what I'm alluding to is, and for TLC, um, they were really clever in the beginning years of it because there was a TLC match, of course, but then there was a tables match, and there was yeah. a ladders match, ladder match, yeah, and there was a chairs match, and they tried to kind of diversify the, the um, show but what I mean is largely if you just watch the show for content the shows largely were critically acclaimed were enjoyable the same thing with most money in the bank ladder matches or, or pay per yeah. not only did the ladder matches hit but the other cards hit so I feel like fans accepted it to a, a, a lesser extent but I feel like with 
the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, to be specific, um, a lot of the vitriol comes from that first one because the very first match was Taker and Punk. And if you remember, that was their very first match in their feud. So there was. You're just talking about the first Hell in a Cell pay per view, yes, right? Yeah, not the very first Hell in a Cell. No, the pay per view. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah. matches. I'm talking pay per views in general, theme shows. Yeah. Um. Uh, but that was the first match, I believe, in like their first match in their feud. I believe. I know they had the match at another theme pay per view that didn't last, Breaking Point, which is all about submissions. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, where Punk screwed. It was a screw job type deal, and Punk beat Tech or whatever. Um, but. So, in this PG world, and again, I've been very open about the fact that Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano have proven that PG, PG can be just as brutal as TV14. Right. Um, but I would I would say that largely most people would would agree that Hell in a Cell matches haven't been to the level of brutality that some of the other ones have, or some would argue they would they don't even use the cage as much as like prior ones did um, well let me let me just before you go on i want to i want to jump on that real quick i, I know i'm not trying to step on your point because it's a good point uh it's a fair point but by like the way, I, I forgot it now thank you no uh <laughs> no damn it. go ahead uh, it's all good uh so, but two things about that like first of all if your argument is they don't use the cage as much like I just want to step, take a step back to the very, and this isn't a themed show, but the very first Hell in a Cell, they went outside the cage, and and, and that's like the very first one. So there was never any precedent set that they have to be inside this cage the entire match. So if that is an argument, to me it's a bad one. And like the reason why I bring that up is just because I was just recently listening to another podcast talking about. Bad Blood 97 when that match yeah. happened. By the way, this how, is your favorite match of all time. Yes, it is. That is my favorite match of all time. I love it. Uh, and uh, Bruce Pritchard had mentioned that he didn't like the fact that they went outside the cage in the very first one because they hyped it up as this thing that you couldn't escape, okay. right? So, like, you can stick up for that side. That's fine. But I'm just – I would say that the precedent if – if that is the, the precedent match, and it's hard. That one set a bar. That was one of the few five-star matches that the great Dick Daddy Meltzer has ever given to WWE. One of the few. Yes. And if that is – if you are a fan of the star ratings, if you are a believer in those kind of things, you don't get to get mad about that because they – the very first match, they set the precedent that this cage can be escaped not only once by the wrestlers in question – but twice by Kane coming in and ripping the steel door off. So that argument, I'm going to step away. I'm going to just want to throw that out there. But the rest of what you're saying is, is to me, is fair. I just wanted to throw that part out. So sure, go ahead. Sure. No, and, and that's a very good point. In fact, that doubled down on the very next one, which was Taker and Mankind. Yeah, you're those right. The, yeah, absolutely. It, and I say those are the first two if you don't count that bullshit they did on Raw where they fought inside the cage. I don't count that. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. So the first two ones, they were outside of the cage, and the most memorable spots are outside of the cage. Outside of the cage, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I really did forget my point. Um, I was trying to say something about Hell in a Cell, and anyway, it, it 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 doesn't matter. I was just I was trying to play the devil's advocate because that first, while the first show was a really good show, I mean, Degeneration X versus Legacy was a great match. Yes, it was. Tremendous match. 
And Orton and Cena was actually a good match, even though that was Orton and Cena take 275. But, you know, it was a good <laughs> yeah. match, too. People were just tired of that that specific pairing right, more but, than anything. And, but, see, so that Hell in the Cell was, was the first one they had. They had another one that they re-ran a few years ago. Like, literally like two or three years ago, which both of them were good. But, again, just those two together, just, it's, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of vitriol comes from that first because a lot of fans would 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 save that Hell in a Cell is supposed to be a feud ender or when it's too vicious that it can't go any further. It's supposed to Hell in a Cell is one of those matches that you would expect would end a feud, like a Hell in a Cell match should end a feud, or I quit match should end a feud, or a last man standing match should end a feud. Like those are like feud enders, right? Yeah, sure. You don't expect Teddy Teddy Long to come out and say your first match and the feud ever is the last man standing match. Like you wouldn't expect that. So right, I I, I get you build up to those matches. Sure, yeah. but what WWE has done a lot in this generation, I say this generation meaning like the last ten plus years. Um, ever since they, I guess ever since they moved out of ruthless aggression, is they've shown you that they're going to be progressive and think differently. For example, they've opened WrestleManias with world title matches. That doesn't mean that yeah. the world title is devalued. It just means that you can do multiple things in a card, you know? Sure. So um, they've opened regular pay-per-views with world title matches. They've ended pay-per-views with non-title matches, you know? it's So I feel like we have this, uh, all of us as fans, me and you included, we have this nostalgic view about how we want our wrestling to be because we want our wrestling to be how it was when it was the most favorite for us. Most favorite yeah, time for yeah. us, right? So if, if your most favorite time of wrestling was ECW, then of course you're going to uh, want things to be more chaotic and more violent and stuff like that, right? Your favorite time was Hogan and Andre and Piper and Orndorff and Steamboat and Savage and stuff like that, then of course you're going to want more stories and told and things like that and not... You'll be fine with not seeing guys every week. So, you know, you, you always tend to want to see more of what you liked. Right. Um, but I feel like WWE is doing a good job of changing your expectations, which will lead me to the to the superstar shakeup. Because a lot of complaints I've heard about the shakeup. And I think a lot of people are happy with the shakeup, with the results in general, or at least intrigued. But have you heard people complaining about well, I don't understand what the shakeup is. Somebody needs to explain that to me. Have you heard that? I don't understand what it is. Yeah, I haven't really heard. I haven't really heard that. No, I, most of them are the complaints that I've seen come from what appears to be kind of idiocy from the general managers in general. And then I have my own singular complaint, which we can discuss in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want me to kind of get into it because I Go did. Go right ahead. I um. If you give me just a sec to find it, I have I asked, or but you know Stephen Bell. Yes. Um, I asked Steve him. Willoughby. The yeah. He hosts the the late night on Mondays and Tuesdays at after shot paper, after shot pay per view post shows after every pay per view with plan. So yeah. So Shout so full Steve. credit to him because these are his tweets, and um, I just wanted to read them off and kind of get your opinion on them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little heavy handed, and that's that's kind of his style, and that's fine. That's, that's who Steve um, is. That's why we love him. Yeah, so, but it, it, a lot of this stuff makes sense, so I just wanted to counter read it. So, 
basically the tweet started out like this. A thread on why WWE GMs are apparently fucking morons or why in reality WWE's writing is shit. So first, yeah. So first, Paige apparently gave away her U.S. champion with no equal reciprocation, i.e. Rollins in the icy strap. That makes her stupid. Number two. Then Kurt either A, allows a man he's already agreed to trade in Jeff Hardy to contend for said U.S. title, which makes him stupid, or B, waited until after the show to trade Jeff in the U.S. title, which makes him double stupid. So Paige is stupid, and Kurt ain't looking too bright either, but it gets worse because Kurt traded the bar who have a shot at his tag titles in less than two weeks. Then to take him... To full-on fucking idiot level, he trades Samoa Joe, who has not only a shot at his IC title, but also a potential shot at his Universal title within the next few weeks. I know it's kayfabe, but bear with me. Within the fictional universe that is WWE, Raw could potentially wind up losing the US title via trading Jeff, the tag titles due to the bar potentially winning them, and the IC and Universal straps due to Joe. So by the night... What's that? Or Miz. Right. So by the night after Backlash, there exists a possibility within the confines of this fictional universe that Raw could have only one title on the entire show, that being the women's. SmackDown could have literally every title except Nia's and the Cruiserweight, all because Kurt Angle is a fucking moron who literally traded away the number one contenders to literally all of his male titles mere days before the already scheduled matches take place. In kayfabe, Angle's a massive dipshit. In reality, WWE has some really sloppy writers. <laughs> so there's some valid points here. Uh, and it's actually... i like to piggyback off his points before I let you take take the wheel oh, on No, please, yes. <clears throat> because and what I mean by piggyback is his points make a lot of sense. And he said, you know, I know it's kayfabe. And that is where... I have the issue because part of what I enjoy about wrestling, even as, you know, a fan who is ingratiated with the internet side and things like that. Um, I enjoy the unpredictability of a show. I, I, you know, you and me talk a lot of times if I can't get to watch a raw immediately or a pay-per-view or something, sometimes I'll be like, Hey man, don't, don't tell me anything. I want to try if I, you know, go back and watch it. If I don't have time, if I know I'm not going to have time, I'll say, okay, go ahead and tell me what happened. But I like to be surprised. And so what I feel has, what happens sometimes with these shakeups and it's, ha- it's not the first time. Cause I'm, if I'm pretty sure this happened last year too, um, I like, I'm not the historian here. Okay. So, but you know, I'm, I'm almost hundred percent positive. I remember right. having the same thought, Yeah, but <clears throat> it's almost as if we kind of know what's going to happen. I'm not saying we know, cause if WrestleMania proves anything, we don't know for sure, but Damn sure for this instance, year. <laughs> right, right. But for instance, the bar is going to be facing Matt and Bray for the tag titles at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Well, the bar's on SmackDown. So the tag titles are property of Raw. That's the Raw tag team titles. So I guess if they want to throw a curve and say, oh, the bar won the Raw, Raw tag team titles, and they're taking that shit over to SmackDown because fuck Raw. You could do that. This is the only the only real complaint I have because the IC and US, hey, those aren't property of any show. Like that's just they are what they are. They've made it that way where they've split the titles between brands, but we know the truth. Sure. And both but, and both both uh uh both um championships are both contested in matches. 
that have somebody from either show. So right, yeah, right. So those could flip, and that's fine. But like the Raw tag titles, especially, like I feel like I kind of know the result of that match. I'm not saying I'm right. I could, I mean, but to me, like this, Come this goes that. beyond the idea of like Brock and and Roman. You know, this is to me, this is like, I mean, Bray and Matt are winning the tag titles. They belong to Raw. You know, so like for me, it's just a matter of why do that at least like that early? Like why not? Like for me, like this would be an idea I think you could do. You could have the shakeup, but not blow your load all in one night. Like you could potentially say, okay, well, the bar loses to Bray and Matt, right? And then they come to SmackDown and it's a surprise. It's not this, and it was part of a shakeup. You know, a late shakeup move or something because yeah, like but that's I don't like I don't like the pro, I don't like to be able to just know that the Raw tag titles are staying on Raw. Of course, like it might not happen, and if it doesn't, I'll come on this show and eat my words. But to me, it leaves too much predictability to some things. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but you know. The whole predictability thing is funny to me because we want it sometimes, sometimes we don't. Well, not me. (laughs) So I'll give you that. Yeah, you're consistent on that. But as a fan base, as a whole, there's a lot of times we want predictability to happen. For example, every human being in the world, with the exception of Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon, thought Roman Reigns was going to win. Yeah. And he lost. So, you know, like, predictability is you know sometimes it's sometimes it's good sometimes it's not but i appreciate the fact that they keep putting predictable situations out there so sometimes because sometimes the predictable happens right daniel bryan had to win wrestlemania 30 right or even had to win at wrestlemania you know like even though a lot of us thought something was going to happen bryan had to win you know there's there's some predictable things and then there's times where they pull some unpredictable things out at you, but they always keep it interesting, you know? So I always, always like that. But to your point, oh, man, that's – as much as I may want to refute it, that's, as much as I may want to refute it, that's dead-ass accurate. Because they it is. both yeah. are idiots. But especially um, Kurt. Like, Kurt, Kurt looks like the biggest jackass ever against a GM who's literally never been the GM before. And like, Kurt has been doing the job for about a year now, it, right? I mean... Yes, after last WrestleMania. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Like, he, it's like Paige just walked in and was like, you know what, not only am I new at this, but I also, you've been in the business longer than I have. I still know more about wrestling than you. And she just fucking fleeced his ass on everything. To Kurt's credit. How, yeah, well, go hold ahead. On, hold on real quick. To Kurt's credit. No, you're fine. Go ahead. He did not book Jeff Hardy in that match. Jeff Hardy, he said anybody in the back... Who wants to shout at the U.S. title come out? And Jeff came out. That's true. So he, the type of character Curtis, he couldn't have said, "Oh no, 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 you can't have this match because you're going to SmackDown." Like he kind of had to let it go. Right. So to his credit, I don't fault him for the Jeff Hardy thing, even though I, he's an idiot. I, I can get with that. Right. And if I'm the GM, of course, like you said, Kurt's character is Kurt. But see. If I'm the GM, I'm like, Jeff, take your ass to the back. You're going to SmackDown tomorrow. Anybody from the Raw roster want to come out and take this shot, that's fine. But then you can't give away the surprise of Jeff coming on SmackDown. So it's very like, 
sequence that I thought they were going to do, and this uh, this part I do like. I thought, okay, well, Jeff won the title, so he's obviously staying on Raw. Rollins is coming to SmackDown. That was my thought, because he's the IC champ. Sure. But that's not the way they're going, right? And this is, I mean, you know, as far as we know. Um, oh, wait a minute. So, I just thought about something. We're not giving enough credit to these guys, because Backlash is right after the Greatest World Rumble. So who's to yeah. say if the bar does win, which would throw a wrench into things, that there wouldn't be a rematch of sorts at Backlash? Right. There would there could be, but the, the reality is we kind of know the Raw tag titles are going to be on Raw. One sure, way or the other. What I'm saying is what if the bar wins this match at the Greatest World Rumble, and then they lose it to Matt and, and, and Bray at Backlash? Right. Well, then Matt and Ray could, could bring them back. That's a way they could. That's a way they could do it to kind of like yeah. make it interesting for an extra month. But at the end of the day, I think the idea is we kind of know sure. the Raw titles are going to be on Raw. Like sure. you know what I mean. So that's that's just kind of where I'm at with that. But so me, you know, I can let some of those things slide. You know, yeah. that's just on, to me. It's a minor thing. You know, it's funny as hell though to really look at it from a structured perspective like that. But. Right. I, I do want to get your thought on the actual shakeup, and um, I am going to read off the shakeup. Uh, You're going to have to. Jesus Christ. So, from Raw to SmackDown, uh, Jeff Hardy is gone to Raw, is gone to SmackDown. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, absolution to SmackDown. Samoa Joe, which was the biggest surprise of the night, to SmackDown. Big Cass to SmackDown, Oscar to SmackDown, Gallows and Anderson the Club to SmackDown, Seamus and Cesaro the Bar to SmackDown, R Truth to SmackDown, uh, Andrade Cien Almas with Zelina Vega to SmackDown, and Sanity, Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, and Killian Dane to SmackDown. And let me let me before I go any further, and I'm gonna tell you the raw roster too. Uh, all the complaints about Nikki not being called up, that's the best thing that could happen to her. Because if she would have been called up with Sanity, even though she is a big part of that group, she would have been forgotten about in that women's division. But her being able to stay in NXT and kind of have the face side of the brand built around her and be that anchor that Asuka was before her or that Bailey was before that is only going to help her in the eyes of the company, her standing in the eyes of the crowd. And when she gets caught up on her own, she's going to be a bigger star. Much to the, much like Carmella was when she was with Enzo and Cass, and they and they moved up and they left her down there to build her own brand. Now she's the most successful of the group. Right. So Hang on, was, just a sec before you read the raw roster. Yes. You did mention the Miz, right? Oh, in the Miz, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, in the Miz. How dare you? Second of all, I'm reading um, from I'm reading from an actual <laughs> list, so that's I'm why I hell. forgot the Give Miz. Hell. Yes, but the Miz is the uh, most important of the group. The Nikki Cross point. Um. Not only that's a good point, by the way, what you said, but not only that, but to me, it's a showing of trust yes. and confidence in her that she doesn't need those guys at all. She can go do her own thing in NXT, and she's one of the few credible people right now to me to Shayna Baszler's title. And even if she, she may not ever win it. Much like Carmella never won the NXT Women's Championship and down there, but mm-hmm. you know, this shows that they have some they have faith in her as someone who can be on her own. And we should be happy about I understand she was really great in sanity. I get that. We love seeing her in sanity, but this is not a slight to Nikki in any way. Because first of all, 
let's think about this. Everyone shits on WWE and their terrible booking anyway. Like, and everyone thinks NXT is God's gift to all wrestling shows right now. So she's in the right place. She's where she should be, right? She's on the A show. Why are we mad? So when she, you know what I'm saying? So let's just kind of think about what you argue about and what you get mad about and then realize that, oh, yeah, I'm always talking about how much better NXT is than WWE main roster. So maybe it's a good, I think it's a good thing for her because I think she's going to come up on her own, like you said, you know? And historically, um, because women's division, while it has been stacked at points, in NXT, of course, I'm talking about, when it gets rated, for lack of a better term, um, they always leave one person down there to kind of anchor the ship. Yeah. Um, at first, when it was Bailey, when Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky got called up, Bailey was left. And yeah. she hated it. She felt bad about it. But then once she realized what the course and everything that was happening, she was okay with it. Then it was Oscar. Oscar probably should have been called up, uh, I'd argue, maybe a year before she was. But she was left down there for a whole other time. And think about this. Without without that Oscar feud, will we look at Billy Kay and Peyton Royce with the esteem we hold them in? Or will we look at Nikki Cross with the esteem we hold them in? Or most importantly, will we look at Ember Moon with the esteem yeah. we hold them in? All that was, was possible. In, in fact, I realize that I'm being a bit facetious here, but I would argue Oscar got Mickey James her job back. Because the be. match they had in Toronto. So, right. again, I know I'm being facetious, but, like, you know, there's an argument there. But leaving her there opened up so many doors for so many other women to be taken seriously. And now Nikki Cross has that opportunity because we realize Candice LeRae will be a huge star, but she hasn't done anything yet, right? She had her first match. So, in terms of in terms of established women on the face side in, w- in NXT right now, the only other person is Dakota Kai. And while Dakota Kai is great, Dakota Kai is not even possibly able to stand believably right now at the, at this moment with Shayna Baszler. Correct. Yeah, I so agree with that. Nikki is, is necessary. So, But I just wanted to say that because I know that was going to come up. In terms of the... Do you want me to go through the Raw roster too now? Or do you want to talk about the SmackDown roster first? Because... And because the... the Everybody seems to think SmackDown killed Raw. Right. Well, just go through both of them. And, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I just, I just mentioned SmackDown. And and from uh, from SmackDown to Raw, Jinder Mahal and the Singh Brothers. Well, I assume both Singh Brothers, but Sunil, Sunil Singh right now. Uh, the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango, Breezango, Natalia, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Baron Corbin, Zack Ryder, Mojo Rawley, talk about Fight Forever, The High Bros Explode, Resumes Are Alive, Mike Kanellis, <laughs> who intrigues me, Chad Gable, who really intrigues me, Bobby Roode, Connor and Victor The Ascension. So that's your superstar shakeup. Yeah, okay, so there's a few things that stand out. First of all, the tag team divisions. That's where it feels really stacked in the SmackDown side. Absolutely. Like, they traded... SmackDown got the bar, and they got the Good Brothers. And Raw got Brizongo and the Ascension. So oh, that's... And, Raw, and SmackDown also got Sanity. Yeah, and they added Sanity. You're right. But, now Raw got AOP. 
Yes, about Raw to say, AOP. We, we have to also remember that Raw killed in the call-ups in the call-ups and returns because Raw, while the only call-up or return on SmackDown was the Iconics, on Raw, Jeff Hardy came back. He's gone now, but he came back. Uh, Samoa Joe came back. Of course, he's gone now too. Bobby Lashley came back. He's still there. AOP came back. Noah Jose or Kane. Noah Jose came call, got called up, and Ember got called up. So, well, SmackDown also called up. They just they made it as part of the shakeup, but they called up Andrade and Zelina. Sure, and Sanity uh, and Drew McIntyre got called up to Raw. But what I'm saying is, the week before, we're looking at this. We're not looking at this, and in totality. We're looking at it from the from the eyes of the shakeup and saying, oh man, Raw got killed. But the week before, SmackDown got killed with the guys that came back and debuted on Raw. That's all I'm saying. It's more even than right. think. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, the first thing that stands out is that tag team division. The don't SmackDown forget, tag team division real quick, don't is must-see. Yeah, right, don't forget Ziggler and McIntyre seem to be a tag team, so that's another thing you could add. That's true. But see, here's the thing. I don't think... And Sammy and Kevin Owens. Right. Let, let's remember something, though, about this tag team division over on SmackDown. As great as it is, as how many great teams they have, they also have so many very talented in-ring singles guys that there's a good chance, and only a two-hour show, that there's a good chance that that tag team division may not get as featured in the way that we want it to in the way that it would if it were over on Raw with the extra hour. So... Because everybody wants to see Daniel Bryan versus, you know, this guy and AJ versus this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it may not be as great as we think on the tag team side, where I will say on the women's side, I mean, once again, I I do prefer the SmackDown side because they still got Becky. They still got Charlotte. They added um Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose, which is eh, they got the iconics. They got Carmella, who I absolutely like. As far as a wrestler, whatever, but that girl is so great to me. Yeah, as a promo. Um, so I think, and they got Oscar. So like SmackDown has the women, and they have the tag teams, in my opinion. However, I think it's on the men's side. Everyone's like freaking out because. SmackDown added Almas, and they added The Miz, who, of course, you know, The Miz is The Miz. And they added Joe. That's really the three. Like, but if you go look at Raw, they added Sammy and Kevin, who, like, are they chopped liver all of a sudden? These are the two two of the best performers in all of the WWE, okay, that came over. And anchored the entire SmackDown show for the better part of nine months. Yeah, so you could, I would argue... That Sammy and Kevin, who are already established, mm-hmm. by the way, are equal to Miz and Andrade at least. Miz and Joe. I, I would give him Miz and Joe because while we look at Joe with the esteem we look at, what has Joe done Kevin Owens hadn't done? Or Kevin Owens didn't do first? Ke- Kevin Owens has done more than Joe has so far. So, look, so I would look at them in the same esteem. I yeah. would look at Miz and I realize Sammy Zayn isn't hasn't been successful, but the level of performer he is and the level of great matches he's had and the level of Sami Zayn has an ability to make whatever angle he's in better. So oh, I, yeah. guess, I guess what I'm saying is I would personally call me crazy, but I would say that set that Zayn Owens and Ziggler, or you want to put uh root in there or, or whatever it is, but 
any confluence of those three or four are just as equal to Joe, Miz, and Andrade, personally. No, I would agree. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't see like a huge, there's not a huge gap there. And you could say the Andrade going to SmackDown is just as equal as Drew McIntyre going to Raw. Absolutely. I mean, McIntyre is a fucking stud. And like, like people forgot about him because he got hurt. Well, people that's feel about we Drew forgot. how you feel about Bobby Roode. So that's what that is. That's fair. But when I talk about Bobby Roode, I'm telling the truth. When I, when people talk about Drew McIntyre, they're telling lies and slander. So that's uh, the <laughs> Okay. Uh, so let me ask you this. How do you feel yeah, about What do you think about Baron Corbin? Because that's a, a bit of a controversial one in that you know how a lot of diehards aren't big on him, but Vince is big on him. And I think he has massive potential. Um, but I feel like they're going to shoot him to the moon on Raw. What do you think? Well... They could. I mean, I could see that. But once again, he poses a threat and he's already been built, not necessarily as a threat, but as someone who could go somewhat toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman. And I say that, if you go back to the Royal Rumble 2017, he was the one who got rid of Braun with the clothesline over the top. Yes, he was the final part, yes. So, And by the way, Braun, who we all love, is still on Raw. Just FYI, guys. But anyways, Braun uh, Rollins, Finn, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people stayed. They just don't. We're not thinking about that. So, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I don't know if he'll get shot to the moon. I could see Baron Corbin maybe winning the IC title pretty quick. Um, I see Corbin one, Biden for the Universal title actually. But go ahead. Well, well, maybe if Brock loses it. Funny. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if Baron Corbin beats Brock Lesnar, that's not going to go over well with people. I don't see that going over. Maybe, I mean, it'll go over well with me. Yeah. Because once again, get that fucking title off Brock Lesnar. But hashtag. Yeah, I should hashtag that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I think Baron. I don't know. I mean, he started out when he when the, before the brand split, he came debuted. He was on Raw. He had won the Andre. They've tried to do a lot of things with him. And it just hasn't really, like, for whatever reason, it hasn't clicked the way I think they have hoped it was. But Raw, it's a good change of pace for him because on SmackDown, as much as I like Baron, he just didn't fit very well with a lot of the top talent that they had on the show at the time. Baron doesn't fit well with guys like AJ and stuff that are just, everyone's so much smaller. And on Raw, it's kind of the land of giants, you know what I mean, in a lot of ways. So I think it's a it's the land of the big names like it's entertainment. I don't know. Yeah, it's, the entertainment show, SmackDown's a wrestling show, just like it used to be. They kind of just made it that again. Pretty much, and Baron is like Baron is more of a he's just a big guy, and he he's got to have like it just doesn't fit with some of those smaller types. He can go over to I'm not saying he can't have good matches with them, but he can go over to Raw. And get into it with Braun Strowman or get into it with, you know, any of those uh, Roman Reigns or whatever. Yeah, but see, I think that's bad for him because Baron Corbin reminds me a lot of Test. And that's going to go over well with people listening. Um, and <laughs> But it, it, <laughs> what I mean is Test was a good worker, but he worked better with smaller people. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You could argue that Taker works better with smaller people. But no, I would definitely agree with that. Right. Yeah. So I feel like Corbin works a lot better because go look at his match with Samoa Joe. Go look at his match with Bull Dempsey. Maybe he got more in him. 
and I mean, I, I really do. I really am high on Corbin because I think I, I think of him a lot higher than a lot of, lot of fans do. Um, but I'd much rather see him fight guys like Rollins and Finn than and Roman works Roman, for for Roman being six three, two seventy or whatever he is. He works a lot smaller than he looks sometimes. So I can see them working well, but you know, I don't necessarily. I don't know if I want to see Baron Corbin versus every big man i mean yeah i I get what you're saying i just i feel like corbin kind of ran out of feuds a little bit because like i mean granted they could have given him more with the shakeup but he did his thing with aj he did his thing with sammy ad nauseum i mean he had he's just he's kind of been involved in a lot of different things and the the whole like the success i just i just don't think smackdown is the right show for him i really don't um, and that's just me personally. I don't want to spend just a ton of time talking about Baron Corbin. Yeah. Cause sure. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But as a whole, you know, as far as the SmackDown or the not SmackDown, but the, the shakeup goes like, I just, I feel like it's pretty, it's a lot more equal than people think it is. Agreed. Totally. Because some of the big acts still stayed on raw. Okay. I know everybody hates Brock Lesnar. I hate him too. Big act still on Raw. Roman Reigns, big act still on Raw. Seth, Finn, um, Braun Strowman. That's five names off the top of my head that are huge acts that are still on Raw. The and two of them are considered three if you want to count Roman. Some people don't. I do, but three of these guys are high level performers every single time they step in the ring. And on SmackDown, I mean, yeah, you've got Daniel Bryan, you've got AJ, you've got uh, Nakamura, Samoa Joe now, The Miz, five more big acts, you know? Jeff Hardy, and they can all, Orton, Andrade, yeah, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot, I think there's a lot on both sides. Because now, even with Raw, like, you can hate Dolph Ziggler if you want, mm-hmm. but he can wrestle, and him and Drew McIntyre is intriguing. Yeah. Like, there's a lot Lashley, there. Sammy and Kevin, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's just, like, it's not as, like, smacked. And that's why I, you saw me the other night on Twitter. Every time someone would put up a poll, who won the shakeup, I kept voting for Raw and quote tweeting and being like, these polls are fucking stupid. Yes. Like, they don't intentionally stack shows, in my opinion. I really don't think they do that. Uh, people, Some people think that. I don't think they do. But you know what? I think it's a good thing that fans have that perception about SmackDown. And I say that because then Vince smacks him in the face with big casts, you know, because how many <laughs> SmackDown fans were sitting here just truly, truly just, oh, my God, Brian's back. He's going to wrestle dude, everybody. Dude, you got to save this. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yes, that's a great point. We're going to get to that in a little bit. We yes. got, we can't. We can't. Yeah, you got to zip it, man. You got to zip it for now. You um, wanted to. You wanted to. It, it's not it was time. coming out. It, it just, yeah, I know it, just, it was. It moved You're out welcome. my mouth. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to help you. <laughs> Um, so we're not going to say necessarily who won. We are, well, we already said, we're not going to go and do the who won checkup. We're not going to do that. Raw. We've already, okay. <laughs> we've already said, um, who we think, uh, was the best move. You said Andrade. I said Drew. Um, in terms of, in terms of the shakeup, where do you see, so let's say a year from now. Do you see what do you see for both shows? Like where do you see things going? 
Because I, I, I think it's a very fair thought process to assume that Brock won't be champion by next year's WrestleMania. So, you know. If he is, very, ain't nobody going to be watching Raw. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we'll see. Where do I see it going? I, I do think... I think before the year's out, I I think Daniel Bryan's going to win the title before the year's out. I don't think they're going to do it at WrestleMania. I just feel like, and I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a pressure thing, but like, I do think it's going to be a pressure thing because you're already seeing this shit and I, we're going to get to it. So I just, before you even argue me, just let that, just let that simmer for your, for what we're going to talk about later. Um, I think, the direction on SmackDown is really good because I think, like you said earlier, it's going to be the wrestling show. You know, I think we're going to see Shinsuke Nakamura's champ pretty pretty soon. Um, as a matter of fact, I would argue he probably, sh- I mean, it should happen really soon. I say no, uh, next Friday, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as Raw goes, I'm you know I don't really know I, because I assume Brock Lesnar's. Jesus Christ! I assume Brock Lesnar isn't going to be the champ, but I can't. Like once again, I really like this is going to really piss some people off. But I would really, really, really want to see what they do with Jinder Mahal over there. I'm really interested because, like, I think he like a lot of people don't agree with it, but I think he has actual heel heat right now, like real heat. I think so too. Like a lot of people think it's a lot of people think it's because they just don't want to see him on TV, and I'm not buying that shit. Like, I think that has legs. Although, when you interact with Noe Jose in the locker room after you lose the U.S. title, you could also be heading a completely different direction. But I yeah. don't think I don't think Jinder Mahal opens the show of the Superstar Shake-Up just to drop immediately down the card No, like that. no, no, no. They definitely, they definitely see something in him. And he, whether fans want to admit it or not, he is a, a valuable portion of valuable piece to the roster absolutely he, he fits better on raw yeah, because yeah, if you look from the entertainment standpoint of it you know that standpoint is more gender because he's got the cool entrance and he wears the suits and he's got the sing brother and he, he can't you know he's, he appears to be someone who can't wrestle and has to cheat to win all the time and he's got that ant kind of the anti-america thing that is tailor-made for monday night raw not so much on smackdown you do know that he's probably going to be put against Roman Reigns pretty soon, right? Like, you know that's going to happen, right? That sounds outstanding. Because that's exactly what the fans want to see. Yeah, they want to see the two guys they hate the most. <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, By the way, I'm, I, I wouldn't be against that. Um, I, That's not what I would... That's not the mo- the first thing I would book, but, you know. Right, sure. Um, To your Daniel Bryan thing, and if, we're going to talk about that more in depth later, but um, the, the, if if he's if he's blessed and able enough to stay healthy, the play is let him let Miz win the title, let Daniel win the Rumble, let them have it at WrestleMania, and let Brian win the title. That's that way, you kill two birds with one stone. Brian gets the championship again. Brian finally wins the damn Royal Rumble, and fans can move the fuck on. It depends though, because. It's already like it's in everyone's heads already. We want Daniel Bryan versus the Miz. That's what we want. And you know how like who like mm, you know I get real upset with this stuff because I'm the slow burn type. Like you cannot give this to them immediately. But 
they are going to be working some live events in yeah, May. And it worries me that they're going to just push that up to SmackDown as we're going to give this to you at SmackDown well, when you really want it. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I think Cass is involved. Okay. Yeah. You think Miz, like, I've heard a rumor that maybe Miz, like, kind of has Cass as his hired gun. Yes. Like, as a, he's not, he's not, he's coming, he, like, there's a reason why they sent him to SmackDown alone, and then he goes to SmackDown with a plan. Yes. Like, I'm not coming alone. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? he got on the phone, and was like, hold up, I can't do And it. by the way, for people who don't like Big Cass, if they go that way, guess who's the man at getting people over? Guess who? Daniel Bryan. The Miz. Anderson. Oh, and the Miz, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the Miz. Like, yes. the Miz will get Big Cass what they, I feel like, if anyone can do it, it's that guy. And, and, you know and, what I mean? And let's not play this game that Big Cass isn't over. Oh, Big, I love Cass Big Cass just needs time. Right. Oh, but yeah, He sure. gets That's a reaction. Bad. It's not like he comes up there to silence like Zack Ryder does. Like, he gets... <laughs> Zack Ryder jokes always are welcome here on this pod. Um, yes, they are. He has me blocked on Twitter, so he... Does he? Slander. Yeah, we slander the shit out of him. Him and Kalisto... Wait a minute. How did Kalis- How did you get blocked from Kalisto before me? To be honest with you, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> really? I, I think I know why Zach did. I don't know why Kalisto. I have no idea. I might have slandered him. He might have been vanity searching is what he was doing. Has, has, has TJ Perkins blocked you yet? Because you... No, and I shit on him all the time. Every day. Okay, so we need to move on. We need to move on. Yeah. We so uh, we have what some would argue was a bigger show than WrestleMania coming up. The greatest Royal <laughs> Rumble. No, no. It so while in importance it's not bigger, but the card is bigger and more stacked. The uh it's also getting its own set. And what other show gets its own set during the year than WrestleMania? But this got its own set, um, in front of sixty plus thousand. And you know, they'll probably inflate that to about seventy five, but you know, uh, <laughs> Um, and legitimately, it probably could get 75. It's just, you know, with the set, you can't sit behind the set. It, you, you kill a lot of, a lot of the, the, you know, the, right. the seats and whatnot. But I want to read the card out to you. And I'm going to start. Uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here. John Cena versus Triple H. Well, that's the first match I mentioned. That lets you know the type of card this is. Cedric Alexander versus whoever wins the Cruiserweight Gauntlet in the Cruiserweight Championship. For the Cruiserweight Championship, it was supposed to be Buddy Murphy, but he didn't make weight. <laughs> uh, Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Bar versus Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship. Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe versus maybe Lashley, which is some rumors are out there, for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. The Undertaker versus Rusev, if I could roll my tongue, I would have, in a casket match. And by the way, before we even finish this card, fuck the WWE for this. Because <laughs> seriously, I spit my fire about this match, yeah. and then they changed it to Jericho, yeah. and then they changed it back. How many times are you guys going to try and make my point irrelevant around here? They seem controlling. They hate it. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. All right, go ahead. That's all it was. That's that's all it was. Um, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship, which I feel like this is the match that title switches hands. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a steel cage match. I don't got a problem with the match, but steel cage screams so much house show to me. Like, 
pull out the hell in the cell, bro. Like, do it big. Well, no, because then Roman can't escape and win the title. Um, which is because he'll die. He'll die do. in the cage. Which is what they're gonna do. Yes, and it's yeah. mad annoying to me. And then the fifty-man Royal Rumble match. Everybody coming forget- back. It's funny because this pay-per-view is called the Greatest Royal Rumble. And you forget. And I keep forgetting that about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Is there anything attached to the to the victory to the a Rumble? A really, really pretty trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so anybody could win that, I guess. Who cares? I feel like I feel like Braun's gonna win it, but that's just me. That would be fair, I guess. Yeah. Um So what's the good card? Not- well, we're not predicting the card, right? We're gonna are we gonna save that next week? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, we'll save. Yeah, we can just save it for next week. Cause... It's next Friday, so we'll have a show before then. Yeah, we'll get it in before then. Um, yeah. What do I think about the card? What do you think about the card in general? And then I also want to get into once we're finished with that, I want to talk about the lack of female interaction yeah. on this card. Yeah. As far as the the card goes, without the women, I mean, the card's great. I mean, if you if you were to tell me this was the, the card we're getting with no women, I mean, I still want to see the ladies because they've been kicking ass all year, but that, it is what it is right now. But sure. yeah, I mean, John Cena and Triple H. I mean, John Cena kind of looks like a chump right now, so I don't know 100, percent but I, the match should still be fine. Um, like I said before, the the Raw tag titles seems predictable. Maybe they don't do it the way we think, and they hold that off to a backlash. As far as actually, you know, making some confusion. Are the Raw titles going to be on SmackDown? Make it good for a good story. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the card looks good. I don't really know how I feel about the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers because the Bludgeon Brother in no way, shape, or form have the Usos looked equals to the Bludgeon Brothers recently. But especially the with Naomi one. yeah coming out there and ah, don't yeah, hurt my old, husband. She ain't gonna be there in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. By the way, that's Sounds terrible. Up. But that's you know. did you see what Luke Harper tre- tweeted? Yeah, I did. He <laughs> tweeted well. He tweeted a few things. Enjoy your night with him, and then he also tweeted. He put a picture of Naomi in front of him and put Cute AF on there. Yes, I don't know if you saw that. Or not. That was the yeah. I did. Did you know Luke Harper has Instagram? I did not know that. Yes, no. and he actually posts stuff on Instagram. Now, granted. A lot of it is in character, but it is the weirdest, and everything is, is talking to Larry. I don't know who the fuck Larry is, but maybe Larry <laughs> is the mallet. Maybe Larry is the mallet. It could be. Maybe. But yeah, sorry. But yes, no, that, you're that fine. Should, that, that's going to be a glorified squash, probably, yes. Yeah, the, the card is cool. There's some cool, good stuff on there. Um, I'm interested to see how they go about the IC title match. And I think depending on where they, I think they, that as a matter of fact, I think how they choose that result will in turn affect how they choose the U S title match result and those kind of things. So I still, I still think there's a chance gender walks out of the greatest Royal rumble with the U S title and the IC title ends up on SmackDown. I still think there's a chance of that just because the IC title spent most of the year on raw last year and the U S title spent most of the year on SmackDown. Maybe, but so I still I think there's a chance of that. I don't want to see Miz hampered down by that. Miz deserves a main event push. Oh, not even necessarily him winning it because Samoa Joe's there. Um, yeah, and he's yet maybe. he's yet to win a singles title in, in you know on the main roster. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but I mean, there's you know that. Um, so yeah, I mean the card looks great. I'll be looking forward to watch a Friday night, which is what time does that come on? Friday Friday afternoon at eleven o'clock. 
Friday afternoon at Friday, 11 o'clock. No, none of that is correct. Friday morning Friday, at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Friday morning at 11 o'clock. So I will not be able to watch it when it starts. I will. So I have to go back. Unfortunately. Well, I got shit to do. So That weekend is going to be really busy, by the way, because uh, the draft is that th- is next Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Infinity yeah. War comes out that next Thursday night, Friday morning. It's going to be very busy. Yeah, it's going to be pretty busy. Is okay. Well, hold on though. With the, with the greatest Royal Rumble, are they treating this like WrestleMania, where it's like six hours. It's gonna be about four. Okay, Maybe that's five. not too bad. With a Maybe. pre-show, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be pre-show. Yeah. What do we know? What matches are on the pre-show? I don't even know if they're gonna do matches on the pre-show. Okay, all right. I'm not like I know I sound completely ignorant, but it's, there's a lot of like things that don't feel ironed out on some of this. I guess you know. So I'm just I'm not used to these these start times Friday at 11 a.m. Obviously they're in Saudi Arabia I understand it, uh, but it's Friday at 11 is like blows my mind. I love it. So just like I mean, the, you love it like the beast in the east, where you know it was at three o'clock in the morning. Like that stuff is cool to me. Yeah, well three o'clock in the morning is one thing. Eleven o'clock in the a.m. Like I worry like especially over here on the state side, a lot of people are going to have to wait because a lot of people work. Eight to five or whatever, you, you know, in school, live, whatever. Bro, just watch when you get home. I know, but you gotta avoid spoilies, man. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Everybody reads spoilers, so yeah. Not me. I forgot you I, are the mark. Yes. I ain't talking to none of you bitches on Friday. I'm blocking everyone. <laughs> shutting down my accounts. Well, I will make sure I send all of my messages through Sally. <laughs> Um, She'd be like, who, who is Jinder Mayhall? Jinder <laughs> Mayhall. Ah, I can see you saying that. Okay, so let's get serious for a second. Let's get serious for a oh second. Oh, boy. All right, Lance Storm. If I can be serious for a minute. Yes, sir. Um, Go ahead. There's no woman on this card. Of course, Saudi Arabia is a uh, not the most uh, timely country when it comes to women's rights. Women can't go to sporting events, uh, women can be seen in uh, in public, I believe, without wearing a full hijab and the full garb. Um, but there's a lot of controversy because, you know, WWE is a big part of this uh, women's revolution or evolution that they're doing right now. So uh, what I wanted to mention before I get your opinion is I read uh, some columns, two columns on LOP uh, the past week. One by Rob Simmons, Triple R, and one by this other guy. He I don't know his I don't know him personally, but his uh his his handle is Hill Pastor. So Rob's column was about uh, how women are treated, and you know WWE. While it's understandable that they would take the money, they you know, we shouldn't be supporting this and, you know, the women have gone too far and how serious, how seriously uh, that women are looked at as effectively second class citizens in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Then Hill Pastor, the other guy, wrote a column on the other side of it, which while he agrees that women are treat, should be treated better and, you know, we need to move things on, move things forward in that country, he worked there as a teacher. And uh, so many of the little girls who he would teach were huge WWE fans because they could watch it on television. And 
they a lot of their heroes or idols or people that looked up to were WWE divas or women superstars or whatever you want to call them. Um, and that gave them a bit of a sense of empowerment that, you know, I, I would assume a lot of women may not get in that country. Uh, so with that being said, uh, what do you think? Do you think, uh, WWE is opportunistic and wrong for taking the money, so to speak? Do you think that good can come of it? Um, how should the women feel? You know, like, what are your thoughts on that aspect of the situation? Man, that's, it's tough because I, as, as someone who's kind of like in that business world, like, it, it's wrong of me to like fault a company for taking advantage of a business opportunity. However, there are, I would say if it was a situation where the women on the roster were adamantly against it, you might, cons you might consider trying to work something out. However, this doesn't seem like that. that's what's happening. I feel like a lot of the women are accepting of the fact, because here's one thing to think about. Yes, it's a, it's a all around kind of a bad deal, but this is a long term deal for them, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. by doing this, and I'll let you touch on a point you were going to make about this for the long term, but I just want to think about it like so when they get back stateside or when they go to other places. A lot of revenue is going to come in from this, a lot of money to be made. And one thing that smart business people do when they make money is they reinvest it in their people, in their company. So in theory, you could look at it as an opportunity for Vince to make a lot of money and reinvest it in his women again when they get stateside. Uh, it's an unfortunate thing. I don't think you can just break a business deal in this situation Sure. Uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Like, I, I don't have a strong opinion because as much as I would like, I feel like a, the way we're so like where we are now with the women's wrestling, it almost feels it, it not almost. It does feel odd now to know we're going to watch a show where not a single one of them are going to be on the card Very because weird. there's such a vital part of of the, like the lifeblood of the company now, like they have made themselves to their own credit on their, I mean, they did it all on their own. They made themselves hugely important. I mean, some of the people have argued that the women, the Charlotte and Oscars specifically people argue it was the best match at WrestleMania, including myself. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you, and I know you wanted to kind of touch on what you think it could mean for them down the road. And so I'm going to let you have get to that point because you were I mean, you definitely explained a lot better than I did. I, th I thought you were a lot more elaborate on it. So for me personally, what I think is just it's a tough spot to be in. But I don't think that you can pass up on this kind of deal right now. You know, it's an opportunity to because it's not like they're going to go there all the time. They're not going to live in Saudi Arabia, you know. And I understand people's 
point of view on it. Sure. And I'm probably going to catch some heat for this, but I still think it's the right call to do business there. Okay. So I, uh, we live in a world right now. Um, there's a lot, of course, there's a lot of unrest in all over the, in our country and a lot of other countries and things of that nature, but the world is much smaller thanks to technology, right? The world's much faster thanks to technology, you know? Something happens in the news, literally two minutes later, it's viral and everybody knows about it. I bring that up to say this. We live in a world now where we feel like if there is some type of injustice, something should be done about it immediately, you know? Uh, if I may use an example, and if, I'm not going to be political, but if I may use an example, the two black men that were uh, arrested in Starbucks were just sitting down, waiting for their friend to get there. Well, that got viral the same day, and all of a sudden now it hasn't even been a week, and Starbucks has already announced that they're going to close down uh, the entirety of all their U.S. stores in a month to have racial bias training or racial uh you know, understanding, training, whatever it is, right? If this was 20 years ago, not only would that have n never happened, but if it did happen, it would have it wouldn't have been as quick as it has. So I feel like there is an there is a uh, perception and a belief that if something is wrong with the ability we have for social media and with technology and things of that nature, that something should be done about it right now. And I think that trivializes a lot of significant issues because real issues take forever you know i'm a black man you're a white man there was a time we couldn't talk that wasn't fixed in a day it wasn't fixed in a year that has taken years to be addressed and even now to this day it's still a problem in certain situations yeah um so i said that to say this from a business standpoint you can't fault any company for taking a business opportunity that will only help them and their employees. That is just factual. Whatever you feel about your opinions about anything else, you cannot dispute that one fact. You can't. It's impossible. Getting into the morality of the situation, yes, I can understand there being some concern about supporting a regime, if you will, uh, because it is the kingdom work, the, king, the, the royal family working directly with WWE, since it is a kingdom, but so there, you can I can understand having issue with supporting the regime um, of a country that is, you know, pretty much treated women like second, like second class citizens. That's it, you know I get it, but I will say this to Hill Pastor's point, the guy who I mentioned earlier. You don't know what the spark of change is going to be when it sparks it right the one thing that i know about wwe is i think this whole situation would be a different conversation if because of this saudi arabia deal and this upcoming huge show if they started devaluing the women or having shows where they stop showing women just because of this then yes they deserve to be destroyed but they're pushing them stronger than ever you could arguably say their biggest star in the company is a woman, Ronda Rousey. Sure. Right? The chief, I would say she is, actually. Yeah, yes. go ahead. The chief brand the chief brand officer who is the most supposed to be the most visible person of 
the administration is a woman, Stephanie McMahon. So yeah. not to mention, uh, Michelle Wilson is the chief marketing officer, I believe, because Berrios is the financial officer, right? So they have some pretty, uh, they have some pretty, not only influential women, but pretty visible women in their infrastructure. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that thing where you know they have one woman sitting on the seat, so they're uh, they're four women. I'm not going to go that far. What I'm trying to say is that it's very clear they're not going to devalue women just to get with just to get with Saudi Arabia. So this is the beginning of a lucrative partnership of not only live shows but bringing their television to that region of the world, which they've been working on for a long time. They brought TV, they brought WWE Network into India, and uh, I'm sure UAE and a lot of these other. Middle Eastern, Southeast, a- Southeast Asian countries that it wasn't necessarily right. there before. So now a whole nother group, another another set of the world gets to see women in a different in a different world, different light. Um, what what country was it the other day in uh, Dubai? Uh, a few a, a couple months ago, or or Abu Dhabi, one of the two cities, where Sasha. And Alexa got a chance to have the first women's championship match in that company's history ever in that in that in that country. And yeah. of course they had to be fully dressed to be respectful to the to the uh culture there, but that's what changes. Baby steps. Baby steps. You know, when we want to make this one big jump. And I respect the fervor behind it and I respect the the passion behind it and where it's yeah. coming from. But we have to be realistic. So I'm not gonna sit here and say WWE is about to be Martin Luther King and change the world. No, I'm not gonna say that. But them being and by the way, with that in mind, Martin Luther King didn't do that shit overnight either. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It took so years. to your point. You yeah. know, that's I mean, this is a it, it, that's why they call them movements. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's but go ahead. Absolutely, no, you yeah, beautiful, beautifully, beautifully said. Uh, absolutely right. Um, WWE can be one of the more visible catalysts of change in that country in terms of perception, because you will finally get a chance to see women in prominent positions in which you're not allowed. To, let me give you a perfect example. Uh, the first movie that Saudi Arabia has allowed to be shown that's Americanized. I believe I may be wrong in my verbiage of what I'm describing it, but it's black Panther. Yeah, you're right. What's well, I mean, bi- like you said, Bourbon, who are yeah. the who are some of the biggest parts of Black Panther, if not the most the the most popular, uh, the most popular characters from the movie? Nakia, yeah. Shuri, Okoye, yeah. and the Dora Milaje. That's a big thing for for little girls in Saudi Arabia to see. So, as once the perception changes, because that's kind of how racism, uh, it, it's not it's not it didn't end, of course, but that's kind of how it. Uh, how things got better, so to speak, is seeing people like Dr. King and, see, and even to a lesser extent, seeing people like Bill Russell or Jackie Robinson or, or prominent figures while while they were, were militant in their own rights in certain situations, you could still say, well, I don't like him because he's black, but he's really talented. But seeing things allows you to change the perception of your mind. Right. right? So there were going to be little girls who were going to see uh, Sasha versus Bailey, or Charlotte versus Oscar, or Ronda versus anybody. You know, for the not only for the next few months, but the next few years, and a generation is going to grow up with that. 
And then not only that, but there are going to be men, boys, who are going to grow up with that. And you don't think that the royal family got little kids who are going to watch wrestling? Oh, sure, yeah. Who's going to eventually be the king or the sheik, whatever the, the, I believe it's the sheik, whatever the head of state is in that country? Like, change is going to happen eventually. So you can't sit here and say, well, if it's not happening how I want it to happen, then it's no good. Give it time. Well, let me ask you this then, yes. to, to, to get on that, because I think it's valid. Um, do you think it would be beneficial mm-hmm. to the WWE if, and I, I say this because I just wonder, because a lot of times when these things happen and like, so like, for instance, with the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal for WrestleMania. Yeah. Everyone got on the got on that and said, you know, and they made it happen. But who was the one to announce it? Stephanie. Yes. Right? Do you think it would be beneficial to the WWE if at the very least Stephanie McMahon came out and spoke about the restrictions on the women in Saudi Arabia no. and said, hey, this is kind of what, why, when, like, how we, like, I mean, because they can't change it. No. You don't think so? No, because I think in this case, acknowledgement is only going to breed further contempt. That could be, yeah. And I don't know. I, I say think, that. I like that there's a way that she could just like, what's the, what's the what I'm trying to say, like, ease that a little bit. Sure, like, but listen, this is what it is. Easy, you know? I don't think. And I, and the worst thing that you, the worst thing you can do is in in this generation, it, as as crazy as it sounds, is to be made a meme, right? So I feel like her her words will be parsed so much to the point where it'll almost be counterintuitive to the point. Right. I think what I think it could be what I think the best thing they could do is later on this year have a women's only pay per view and okay, give them yeah. their own platform. You know, and you you can have whatever you want. I don't really care where it is. It does that where it is doesn't matter. But you know. Where you know have the have the two women's champions have it co-branded, have the two women's champions, uh, main event the show bring back Trish, bring back Lita, have some, bring back the Bellas, you know, but have it, in and 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 have that kind of the, <clears throat> the other side of the coin, right? You know? The guys got their moment, we're gonna have ours. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea too. Yeah. Actually, I, I I don't see. Whether they do that, obviously, is up to them. But I, I do think that's a good idea, a and good then, thought. So, and then put the cherry on top by having WrestleMania 35, 30, 35, right? Thirty-five, yeah, damn. Yeah, be thirty-five, yeah. Uh, main event it with Ronda and Charlotte. I'm down for that. Yeah, and then at that point, you're 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 pro- you're promoting equality as much as you possibly can, because now you've done everything that a man has done in your company, a woman's done. At that point, yeah, and that's the only thing left. Yeah, that yeah, kind of is. You're right. Unless you want to get it down to the why haven't they had a casket match, pal? Like those well, kind of things. When when you have the female Undertaker come out, they don't have one. <laughs> uh, what's her name over in the Indies? Uh, Leva Taker, Leva Taker, whatever her <laughs> name is. Well, there there are some uh, Sue Young and, and Rosemary. There is some Rosemary, yeah. Some pretty dark, some dark uh, female characters out there, but <laughs> uh, well, you want to go to Spit Your Fire, man? Or you got anything else you want to say? 
No, nah, man, I think we covered it, and we'll you know we'll we'll talk more about Greatest World Rumble, like kind of a because even though we are different, we still do our predictions podcast. We'll still break it down probably next week. Um, we'll throw some other stuff in there, so it's not so predictions heavy, but. Yeah, I think that's that's good for now on that until we can really get to the nitty gritty. An hour and a half of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns analysis. Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'm down. Same here. I love it. So, uh, all right. So I, uh, I guess we're gonna spit some fire. I, I'm gonna do it this week. And I've, as I've been thinking about what I was gonna say, I've literally changed my point like three times of what I was. Gonna God say. damn. Uh, but I say that to say this, um, we got to talk about Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. There is nothing else that I could say at this point that would be more pertinent than talking about them. And like I said on my morning show with Jordan Fox, shout out to Jordan Fox and Worldcast Podcast. Uh, I hate, I have grown to love Bryan Danielson as a person. I was a hater of his as a wrestler at the very beginning of his career, but I've grown to love the dude, care about the dude, and really enjoy him as a person and as a performer. And I hate that I'm always set up to be the guy who has to talk negatively, or as I call it, honestly about him, because fans are so afraid to be honest about him. I had to mention it when um, he got powerbombed on the apron and came back to work the next week and didn't even show any semblance of being hurt or at WrestleMania when he got powerbombed on the apron and then got every finisher that both of those two guys have ever done and then still kicked out of everything and won the match single-handedly like at some point just I just I just want to be honest about the guy so let's talk about Big Cass I've been very vocal that I don't want I don't want the guy to be wrestling but we have to accept what it is he's wrestling so I'm gonna hope and pray that he stays healthy and we're gonna move forward so let's say he stays healthy I understand that, of course, there will always be that stigma that anything could happen and one more hit to concussion could be it. But I understand because he's missed so much time, fans want to see him do all of his dream matches, right? That's, we're also going to acknowledge the fact that him versus AJ Styles on a random-ass SmackDown is dumb as fuck, but that's another conversation. Yes, it is. I, I, I killed that on the morning show. I didn't do it on here, but yeah. But that's dumb as hell. So, it's funny to me that so many fans are so upset about Brian getting put with big cast. What did you expect Brian was going to do? Did you think he was going to fight, have the Cody Rose list and fight all of them every week until you guys got what you wanted? Better yet, did you think he was going to go ahead and the most, to pardon, to, to steal the catchphrase, the most must-see feud of any of us we can imagine right now, Miz and Daniel Bryan, do you think they were going to just run that literally this moment? Like, that's something, I thought we wanted slow builds and and and, and good storylines that last a long time. You want to run that I right do. now? You want to run that right now? Right? <laughs> I thought that's a mania match, but no, let's run it at extreme rules. What? You know, like, I, okay, have, have some consistency. So then let's, let's attack the big cast part of this, right? Big cast is a good performer. 
is he a superstar? No. Is he top level guy right now? No. But you can go back and look at many moments where Big Cass has shown you that he has potential to be a player. Most notably, the fatal four-way against Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. I was there. That was in Houston. He was over, and he had a great showing in that match. At me if you got a problem with that, because it's false. You're lying if you sit here and say he did it. Okay? So, we know the dude can do it. So, let's look at two major points. Number one, Brian is more than anybody the guy who can get the most out of anybody in the ring on that roster, other than AJ Styles, right? Yeah, yeah. AJ's in the middle of what is what what will be the feud of the summer with Shinsuke. Why not let Brian elevate another guy to his status? What's wrong with that? Right? Well, I can tell you, but go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I can tell you why. No, I know, Maybe. and I know. Um, and again, my response to that is, yeah. Yeah. Number two. Has it not crossed your minds that maybe Big Cass is working for Miz? <laughs> I mean, I've read it. So, I mean, to me, that makes something that could definitely make some sense. I'm just saying, because Miz got screwed over to the umpteenth degree on Raw when he got moved to SmackDown without the Miz to rise in such an embarrassing fashion. And then got jumped and got uh, left, by, left behind by the Miz to rise and got destroyed by Braun. You don't think the dude's smart enough to say, I'm going to SmackDown where I know I'm a wanted man. I'm going to have me some help. Oh, yeah. He's not coming alone. No. Okay. That's why That's why they made such a big, big deal of him going alone. Miz is all, he's the chicken shit heel. He's the thinking man. He's always a step ahead. That's the point. I'm of- saying, right? So, yes. So, we need to get past this thought process that... If what I wanted to happen doesn't happen, it sucks. Let me ask everybody listening a question. Show me the booking sheet for next SmackDown. <laughs> I'll wait. Because well, if you can't... Meltzer has it, I'm sure. If, if you can't show me the booking sheet for next week, then how can you tell me that you hate something that hasn't happened yet? One 30-second promo and one big boot. Yeah, that's it. And and the thing is, it was a good promo and a good big boot. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be like, you know, just an idiot here. But like, I thought it worked out well the way they did it with the, you know, the camera pan and Big Cass being like, really? You know, like, you're what the fuss is all about. I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good, that's just a good way to introduce it. And at that point, you had to know. That that's where they were going. <clears throat> so the shock of Cass booting Daniel Bryan at the end should not have been a shock, really. You know? I completely agree. I Look, man, it's simple as this. Sometimes you just need to let WWE do their thing. And give them a, give them a second to show us if they're wrong. Yeah. Well, it's like I said before, man. I mean, you saw I put it out on Twitter the other day. Like, we're already going here with Daniel Bryan. And this is what drew the ire of a lot of people that just enjoy WWE. This idea, like you said before, that we jump on things so fast. 
We let nothing play out. And it's a thing that a theme when I was writing columns that I don't do much now, but it's a theme that I have hit on time and time again of instant gratification. This is the world we live in now. We're like, we want it now. We want it now. Yes. And if that's like, I want you to go back and watch either of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory or Charlie and the chocolate factory and watch the little girl, the little rich girl. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, but she's the one that's like, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. Like the whole time. And she's like the most annoying person in the movie. Okay. There's a reason for that because people that are like that are fucking annoying. Okay. I'm sorry that I have to say it, it's but, true. but just give it an opportunity and just let it play out. Big Cass has been on WWE programming, on SmackDown programming, programming rather, for all of like a minute total. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, well, so, I would say three minutes because there was two minutes of him standing there with his music playing before the show ended. Okay. That's fair. So, like, would you just. At least, if you want to shit, if it sucks and like it, it all, they all play it out and it sucks and you want to shit on it, that's fine. But I'm with you. Like, I like to try and like see where they're going with things there are certain things where i if i feel like it's too predictable yes but we don't really know what the direction is with cast so we don't no know idea. what the direction is yeah so let it let it happen just let it happen daniel bryan like all these dream matches yes they all exist and yes they can all happen but if they ran through them from now up until SummerSlam, there'd well, be nothing left if they, if they ran through them yeah like really think about it what would you do how'd you people listening what would you do if they did every single dream match you guys wanted? So this week, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. Next week, AJ Styles versus Mojo. Next week, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Next week, AJ Styles versus The Miz. Next week, AJ Styles versus Andrade Cianamas. Next week, AJ Styles versus... Well, I you mean, mean Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry. Yeah, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. Next week, Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy. Next week, Daniel Bryan versus Eric Young. They ran all through all of those every week. What would you do once you got to SummerSlam? Help me understand. You wouldn't have anything. You wouldn't you have, have anything. anything. But, and so if, if Daniel Bryan is like your golden goose, you've got to extend. You, you've got to, yeah, you've got to slow burn it. You've got to make stretch. people salivate yes. for it. Like that's that's the point. And here, before, I think I think part of it is people. I think in the back of their head, a lot of people are worried that he'll get injured again, maybe, and then those those matches oh, that they want to see well, won't if happen. You, if you're worried he's gonna get injured again, then why the fuck you want him to wrestle? Right. That, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if that's a thought. And I hope it's not. Because I, I hope the crazy guy just... for caring about this man as a human being and not wanting to see him end up like, I'm not going to say anybody's names because I got in trouble the last time I said something. But before we move on, let me finish with this. Yes, we need to we need to give people time to, for things to happen. But I think the biggest issue with Daniel Bryan is we need to stop changing the rules for this one person. Because the rules change for him. Moving the goalposts. Oh, yeah, because Roman Reigns is the most goalpost moved guy in the world, but uh, no, sir, Dave Bryan is. You know, can, you know, I saw a stat the other day that I knew, but a lot of fans don't realize. Do you realize from WrestleMania 27 to WrestleMania 31, that man wrestled for a title at every pay-per-view? Every WrestleMania, I mean? Really? 27, he wrestled... I believe it was 27. Yeah, 27, he wrestled... Um, for the United States Championship, but it was on a pre-show, so I get USA doesn't count. Fine, I'll give you that. But he wrestled for it at that show. Twenty-eight, he wrestled for the world title. Twenty-nine, he wrestled for the tag titles. Thirty, he wrestled for the world titles. Thirty-one, he wrestled for the Intercontinental Championship. But they don't like him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's true, man. That's fair. Like, like the dude is is pushed to the moon. The dude is very clearly loved by that company and by those people. Yes, and he is. The dude is very clearly highly utilized. I mean, dude just came back from three years off because of a neck and head injury, and he's wrestled every week. Yeah, and if you don't think they're going to do – if you don't think Daniel Bryan's not going to be running around with a title pretty soon or doing those matches that you want, you're crazy. They're going to happen. They're not intentionally not giving you these just because to Uh piss you off. Make fun of the fans. No. Because that was the case then. You think they would have gave you AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan on free television? No shit. Yeah. No doubt. I agree with you. So, I'm once saying, again, they, like... They could have gave you they could have gave you Bryan versus Gender. I mean, I'd, I'd pop. I know you would. I would, too. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> think about it. So, yeah, yeah. You're right, man. But this... this Daniel Bryan's great. And you're ruining him. Maverick and Plan were two of the guys who kind of were on my same wavelength with Brian's return because I mean I'm happy that he's happy I'm happy he's able to do what he wants to do like I don't want to make it seem like that but uh their kind of their standpoint situation was with all respects to Brian and what he's done and who he is and what he can do we've moved on so yeah no doubt the rest of the roster has finally had a chance to be prominent and reach some reach some some of them reached the potential that they weren't able to reach because the crowd was so crazy about Brian, they wouldn't let anybody else ascend to that spot. Yeah. You know? So now we've made all this progress. We've made some more stars who could possibly be big stars or on that on that level. Even some who are on that level who have been dropped down like a Bray Wyatt who was a world champion and went to WrestleMania as a world champ, but is back down in the mid-card. But, you know, things, things of this nature. And we bring Brian back now, and now the crowd only wants nothing else but Brian now. You know, you're kind of killing your roster. And it's not you can't you Once again, you can't, like you said earlier, you, you know, you can't Change move the goalposts for this guy. Yeah. Just because, like, he's back. Like, there's a lot of other guys who've been busting their ass for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Bryan, like, you can have him right there. You can insert him immediately into a good position where he's not quite ready to – he's not quite going to win the WWE title – but he's not quite U.S. champ or intercontinental champ. Like he can be in that mix where he puts on a great match with a great person every pay-per-view. But you got to get there because guys like AJ and Nakamura, Samoa Joe now on that show, The Miz on that show have been busting tail, man. You can't just push them to the back of the line just because one guy came, whether the crowd loves him or not. Help me understand. You know? Help me understand. Something. He's been back for approximately three, wrestling-wise. At three shows, right? Yeah. And all three shows, he's main evented two of them, and the third one, he was one of the few marquee matches that was marketed. Right. And he's not only that, but he's moving into a marquee feud with the guy he could prospectively make. I think he's, I think he's being utilized. Absolutely. It's just it, once again, like I said, it's the, it's the instant gratification. Yeah. They, they want they want what they want. They want it now. I want it now, Daddy. It's very much. I'm telling you, Peppa go Pig. back and watch those damn movies, man. Peppa I ain't Pig. messing around. That's Peppa Pig. No, oh, Peppa Pig, whatever. I want it now, Daddy. Yeah. But like, that's where we're at right now. You know, and I I get it from the standpoint of man, we just we're so he's been gone for so long. We love this guy. We were itching for him to come back. 
but that's like that's kind of part of it. Like he's back now, and you know that these things are possible when they weren't possible before. So now that you know that they're possible, WWE has to dangle the carrot out a little bit. You know, that's that's what keeps you coming back. If we gave it to you all in three months, why watch now? Like to, to quote the modern philosophers, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. <laughs> yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> all right, man. We got to get out of here, bro. Uh, yeah, let the people do. know where to find you and what you want to say to kind of end the show. Uh, you can find me. I changed my Twitter handle. Um, at Outsider Curvin. Curvin is K-E-R-V-I-N. Yeah, I figured I better change it because it was Curvin SMC. We're no longer SMC. So you can find me at Outsider Curvin. Um, hit me up. I finally got over 500 followers. Man, I'm telling you. I'm famous. I'm going places. All right. You thought Donald bro. Trump had a lot of followers. Let me tell you something right here, brother. So you are you telling me that you're going to be huge? I'm going to be a huge success on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, man, guys, hit me up. Uh, I love to interact with wrestling fans and talk about all kinds of shit. So if you, yeah, that's about it for me, man. If you want to tell Excellent. us that we're idiots or we're wrong, you can follow the po- follow the podcast at Outsiders Edge SS. I'll let I'll let Rance take care of those answers. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, well, because I don't think that Carl has ever logged on to Twitter with the Outsiders Edge uh, or SMC Podcast Twitter handle. So hashtag make Carl tweet for the pot. Um, you can follow your boy at it's Ray Cash R E Y as in Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. Um, I am starting to tweet a little more. I finally got over 200 followers myself. For somebody who does nothing but retreat, I'm proud of that. Yeah, you should be. Um, also, don't forget to uh, you, you know support and follow the Social Suplex Podcast Network, Ricky and Clive, One Nation Radio, which is, I guess, a one-person show now. Yeah. Um, uh, keeping a strong style. The Wrestling Watch with the Bathtub Baldwin. We are also, as a podcast network, still looking for a strictly indie show so you know if you got any interest in that hit us up and we'll pass you on to jeremy and we'll see what can happen yeah um, you could talk about kaiju big battle yeah on the social suplex network yeah yeah, yeah. or evolve or wrestle circus you know <laughs> oh that'd be great that'd be a good one and i'm not joking like that's real like that's we're we're looking for that um i uh am also of course a part of the morning show, uh, formerly Good Brothers, now uh, the Roar Class podcast, which is sponsored, yes, by Imperial Wrestling Revolution. We're we're legit people, yes, with uh, the big homie Jordan Fox at Fox the Podcaster. So give us a listen. We do a morning show every morning, and we do good work. It's drastically different than what Carl and I do, but it's good work. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. That's all I... Oh, yeah, of course, you can listen to us, podcast, uh, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, iTunes. Play, Wherever you find Spotify. pods, we're pretty much there. We're there, yes. Both shows, actually. Um, yeah, and by the way, guys, just be on the lookout next week for the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble preview. I figure that's where we're going to be going. We'll probably we'll put our own little twist on it. Oh, you know. I wrote a column. Yeah. Oh, God. I wrote a column. <laughs> Um, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine on Twitter. Um, shout out to Darren about is Roman Reigns overpushed? And I did. I decided to get the receipts 
and find uh, some statistical data to see if he was overpushed. And I did it in re in comparison to who I think we all can consider his who he's most associated with in terms of uh, WWE wise, and that's Seth Rollins. And you will be pretty surprised to see the results. You need to go ahead and put that out on your Twitter page so people can find it also. I have. You just don't listen. Oh. You, just, you just didn't look at it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yes, I will retweet that again. You can find it on the LRP forums. You can find it on socialsuplex.com. So, yeah, check your boy out. But other than that, uh, what you got, man? Anything else? That's it, man. Thanks for listening. You guys have been great. We've been doing a lot better, doing better every week. The pod is getting more and more listeners. So the whole network, man. You, like yeah, thank you guys, for we're, we're crushing it, man. We can't thank you guys enough. We hope you we hope you enjoy it. And if you ever have any questions or whatever, man, hit us up. We can talk about you know things you want to hear, things you want to listen to. We may not listen to you. Just kidding. But you know, I won't. But you know, no, I won't. But we, you know, we definitely we're always listening for suggestions. So you know, hit us up. We do, appreciate the love. We should do a mailbag column here soon. Maybe like next month. Yeah, we could do that. That might be something we could do pretty soon. It'd be fun. See, I'm still I'm still in writing form, you know. Yeah, he meant podcast, but you know. Once a writer, always a writer. That's that's how I started. <laughs> that's what I am. But uh, yeah. So everybody listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate it, and we'll see y'all next week.